Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing well today. I am so thankful, thankful for what God is doing in your life. And you might sit back, look, and go like, well, how do you know he's doing something in my life? Because he's promised he will. He will always walk with you, always talk with you. He will always interject himself into you. You know, I've, I've, I, uh, somebody called it uh, God winks every once in a while or something like that. When something happens that is just unexplainable, Sometimes it's just God putting himself into the, just into your life. And I believe that that is the case in every situation. You know, the Bible says that uh, when Jesus went away, he was going to send the comforter. And that is the third person uh, of the Trinity, uh, the third person of God is that he comes down and he, he convicts us and he challenges us and he, he brings us in. He doesn't beat us over the head with condemnation, but he sits there and simply walks with you and, and maybe nudges you a certain way. You remember when you were uh, raising your children or maybe you're raising your children right now. I know I would do this as my son would start getting older and he's walking with me. Instead of just saying, son, go right or go left or go down this aisle or go down that road or, or do this, I would just put my hand gently on his, on his head or maybe on his shoulder and just kind of guide him around and just kind of put him through into a path if we were going to go this way. Sometimes I even do that with Vicky. I might have my, um, I might have my arm around her or anything and I'll just, or in the, just on her back and we'll just kind of go this way if we're needing to go a certain direction or kind of protect her from something that's getting ready to come. And that's what, this, that's what God does to you. And so I want you to know if you feel like you're all alone or you feel like you're out in the wilderness as we talked about last week, or you're in the desert and everything's dry and nothing's growing, can I just say to you this, Jesus is here. The Spirit of God is here in your life and he's walking with you. That's how I know I can say to you, hey, I am so excited about what God is doing in your life. Well, listen, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name's Jay, my wife Vicki and I, we lead this amazing place called The Gate. Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland area is where we're based, but we're everywhere, we're all over the place. I can promise you this, uh, wherever you're at, we're already there. You can find us on every single platform, and we're excited about what God is doing, and we want to just be a word of encouragement. And we want to thank you for joining us in all that you, in all that we've done and, and in every single area of life. We just want you to know that God is doing an amazing thing and we're so excited about it. Well, listen, we've been talking over the last several, um, uh, or the last couple of weeks now, I almost said several weeks, but it's just been last week and this week we started this brand new sermon series uh, talking about fear not and how God tells us not to fear. And we, we asked the question of, why, how do we not fear when sometimes the times are uncertain, upheaval comes in, chaos begins to go, and everything that we plant, everything that we thought we were doing is, is all of a sudden just completely uh, it either disappears or it, it, it's like an earthquake happened in the middle of our life, in the middle of our living room. Uh, and that's kind of what had happened over the last couple of years. Everything has just shifted and changed. And how do we live in that? How do we do that? And last week, I just want to remind you the passage of scripture that we use, and I want to use it again, which, by the way, how many of your Bibles say yes? If you don't say, oops, get your Bible out and turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah, the 44th chapter. 
Isaiah chapter 44. Can I just say the book of Isaiah is an incredible book for you to read. It's Old Testament, but it is known as the book that has the most words or prophetic foretellings of Jesus Christ than any other book. Isaiah was what we would call a messianic or a a, a Jesus prophet, (laughs) if you want to put it in today's uh, terms is that he talked about the coming of Christ more than any single person or any writer in the, in the Word of God. It is absolutely amazing. A lot of the songs that we get for Christmas is right out of Isaiah. And so when we use Isaiah, we are using, uh, we're using a prophet, his writings, that is right on with the way that we should live. It's right on with where we're at. And so I want you to look at that as Isaiah chapter 44. We're going to look at verse 8. It says, Do not tremble nor be afraid of the violent upheavals to come. Maybe you're sitting back there and you might, I just want to pause a minute on this passage. You might be looking going, what do you mean to come? I'm sitting in the middle now. My whole life has felt like an upheaval. My entire history seems like a chaos. Well, can I just tell you and encourage you today is that God is in the middle of that chaos. He's in the middle of that upheaval and he wants to he wants to just fill you. You may not have called on him and he just simply says this, call on me and I will be there. And I think that's what this passage of scripture is meaning here is do not fear, do not tremble. You know, last week we talked about that idea of, uh, of being strong and, and fear not. And as a child of God, we are called to follow him, to walk in confidence and to talk, uh, talk with a surety in all of our, in everything that we do. But as a child of God, we do that because he is our God. And it's like a father coming in saying, I've got you. I've got this. Hey, say it with me like you mean it, you believe it, and you proclaim it. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five. Say, I believe it for you too. Amen. Praise God. Hey, listen, I want to just encourage you to share this with somebody because I believe what I'm getting ready to share today is very strategic. It's one of those moments of time where I feel it's very practical, very strategic, taking next steps. This is kind of part of the ABCs of of being a child of God. And I want to encourage you to share this out, maybe even just uh, high five somebody on a text message right now or a private message on Facebook or whatever platform you use. Maybe give them a call and say, hey, listen, you need to tune into this right now. Share it with them and let them know. Because what I want to talk to you is what happens when you go through chaos. What happens when life is all upheaval and you have absolutely no certainty about the future at all? I feel like that's where our nation is a lot of times. I feel like a lot of times this is what happens with us when when we're walking through these things is we don't have a a real grasp or an understanding of the future. Or maybe what we held on to has literally just disintegrated in front of us. Maybe the, the, the foundations of old or the things that we had that we were really banking on. Maybe our education, our bank account. Maybe it's been the, um, the, our family structure. Maybe it's the, it's the strength of our nation, our people group, our culture, our race. And it seems like all of these things are beginning to blend in in a melting pot, meaning that 
these are all melting away. The, the foundations of this world are, are, being, are, are literally seeming to fall apart. And I'm reminded of what, what, what the Bible says there. I believe it's in Colossians where he says there, do not, do not stand or, or bank on human philosophies and man's wisdom because they will fail you every single time. And yet, how do we walk through those times when everything it blows up in our life? How do we not be afraid? What is the next thing? Well, like we talked last week, we said first you have to accept that it's going to happen. As, as, as um, David, uh, Dave Ramsey says for our finances, that every 10 years there's a major uh, financial crisis in our lives. You can just almost count it and mark it down, the average. So if that's going to happen, and we're understanding that we're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's going to be those moments of time when the storm does come, when it seems like the winds blow hard, then what do we do about that? Well, I want to encourage you, the next step that you do after accepting it is simply make a plan. Just begin to plan in your heart. Maybe plan ahead of time. My, one of my friends, he's a very good friend of mine, and he always says this, Jay, always plan or always expect the best. Always expect everything to work out. That's what keeps you focused. That's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you um, motivated. But always plan for the worst. In other words, expect the best, plan for the worst. Expect the best out there, but make, make some solid plans that are going to be strong there. In other words, I believe that what God is saying to us today is this. There are some plans you have. In fact, in Jeremiah 20, 29 and verse 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you. He says there, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know, when we said it just a moment ago, uh, I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world, there is never a time where our future is in question. There is never a time when our future is uncertain. The reality is, is we feel it's uncertain because we may not see every single component in place. I'm the kind of person that likes to just go out and, and, and run with it. And people say, well, what about this and what about that? I'm like, I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. But that's not always good sometimes. And, and in reality, there's this idea that, that there has to be a plan. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. You see, the reality is this, is that we must make plans. We must have a plan. And the Bible says that our plans are all, his plan for us is always good. That all things work together for good to them who trust the Lord. And there's a passage of scripture that says there that there is no temptation. There is nothing that he will give you that you, that you can't come out of. In other words, some people have said, that, there's, that God will never give you more than you can handle. That's not exactly true. I believe life itself is more than you can handle. I believe marriage itself is more than you can handle. Raising children is more than you can handle. Your career, your finances, the society we live in, the neighborhood, the people that we run into every single day in and out are more than we can handle. So what does it mean there that when it says God his, gives, never gives us more than we can handle? It says there, if your mind, if your heart, if your life is committed and connected with him, 
He will come in and give you the strength to handle those things. He will give you the strength to handle that onslaught from the enemy. He will give you the stamina to keep going when people have turned their back on you. He will give you the wisdom to raise those children. He will give you the love and compassion and that unconditional kind of love to walk with your spouse. You see, it's not that he won't give you any more than you can handle. He will allow life to come into you. He will allow that to come, and, and chances are it will always be more than you can handle, but not with him. You see, with you and God together, with you and the Spirit of God walking together, you are, undefe you are, you are undefeatable. You cannot be defeated. The Bible is very strong there that a one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight, but a threefold strand cannot be broken. And when you put you and your marriage with you and your spouse and you put God in the mix, that cannot fail. But the reality is, is sometimes the plans that we have established, the things that we've put in our heart, the vision that we have is ready to go, but it takes a hard left turn. What do we do with that? Will we establish those plans? Proverbs 16, 9 simply says this. It says there that a man plans in his heart. That's the mission. That's the mission that you have. Many years ago, I, create, I wrote down a mission for my life. is always please God. Always family first. Always, or always listen first. Always communicate second. Always work hard. Always play hard. Always take vacation. Always rest. Always learn. Always teach. Always lead. Always influence. And in always, 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 in all these things, please God. Now that's a great thing and a plan in my heart to do. But how does that flesh out? How do I wake up in the morning and always please God? And how do I wake up in the morning and always listen before I communicate? How do I, how do I go in and always love my wife and always family first? What does that look like? Especially when things are seeming to go, um, go to the dark side or chaos has come in. You see, the Bible is very clear. God has set up, established a plan for your life. But just like it says there that he will never give you more than you can handle, and, but it's with him being connected to it, he's given you a plan for your life. He's given those plans in there, but you have to let him establish it. You have to let him establish those things. In other words, he gives you the mission to always please him. He gives you the mission to always family first. He gives you the mission to take rest and Sabbath and to work hard and to teach and to lead and to learn. All of these things that we've put in there, he's given you that mission to do it. The mission is very simply this, is to walk, to, to love mercy, walk justly, and walk humbly before our Lord. And that's amazing the way to walk it, but how does that look? You see, the vision is placed, the mission is placed in our heart. The mission to go out and, and spread the gospel. As Jesus told us in Matthew 28, he said, everything you've seen me do, I want you to go do. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. And reaching those and baptizing all those that are around. And, and as God is, seeing, is telling us this, there are certain things that begin to happen. So how does that work? Well, when we walk through that, and then all of a sudden it seems like the, our lives 
are, are up in shambles. Wilderness comes invading in. We've gone walking down a very good road. Everything is just fine. The road has been established. We're very comfortable in where we're at. All of these things, the plans are working. I've set, my, I've set things in order. I've established and put my, my day. I'm going to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock, whatever works for you. And, and I'm going to make the pot of coffee. I'm going to go and brush my teeth. I'm going to write in my journal for a while. I'm going to make sure that my days are planned out and, and my days are themed. I'm, and I'm going to get very organized. I'm going to buy a planner and I'm going to get these things going. And then all of a sudden something happens and all of that just is throws up like a deck of cards and, and the house of cards that we've built comes toppling down. How does that happen? What happened to the plan? And if we're not careful, we can be in the middle of the chaos and 10 years can go by and we've just sat there in the middle of the pile of cards or the house that's just come crumbling down on us. And a decade's gone by and there's been no plan. The vision has been buried we're in a wilderness. The, the vines and the, and, and the chaos of discouragement and disease and indebtedness have just overtaken us. And the longer we sit there, the harder it is to get up. The longer we sit there, the harder it is to, to, to say, I'm going to make forward progress. 15 years go by, 20 years go by. I was, talking to a, I was talking to a man the other day, and he was just so uh, grieved about a, a, a gentleman that was a Sunday school teacher. He had his life together. Everything seemed to work so well, and then all of a sudden, after, after something, something happened, just somewhat minimal. I, I don't even remember what it was that happened. It just seemed like things begin to go, and he, he bowed out of being a Sunday school teacher. He bowed out of being a, being a leader in the, in the church. He began to move, and, and before long, he passed away. And instead of being passed away with his Sunday school lesson, instead of being buried with his Bible or the things that he was known for, he was buried with his crossword puzzle and his remote. His life was go had been boiled down to just watching TV and doing crossword puzzles. In other words, his life had been going along a path so good. His life was planned out. He was pouring into the next generation. He was making a difference. He was going to be talked about 50 years after he passed. And I believe all of us have that opportunity to be, make such a difference in life. But sometimes chaos and upheaval comes in. Sometimes those things that, that turn uh, the uncertainty or the certainty of our future into uncertainty because we can't seem to go through the fog of confusion. We can't seem to break through the smoke screen of the enemy. And we sit there and before long our life is just there sitting, being afraid to make one more step. You don't understand, Jay. I stepped out of the boat and the waves came in and I started to sink and nobody picked me up. But he did. The Spirit of God is there and he's picking you up and he's begging you. Get up. You can walk. Even if you have to walk back to the boat, you might be in the middle of the storm. You might be in the middle of the wilderness. You might be in the middle of the desert, but he's still saying, get up. It's not too late. It may be 10 years ago, five years ago, 10 minutes ago, 15 years ago. It might be a childhood away that you've, you've walked and you've just sat down and simply put in the middle of it and let the chaos and let the confusion 
and let the, the upheaval and the uncertainty overwhelm you and wrap you up in the vines of the wilderness or dry you out in the arid air of the desert. But can I tell you that he's sitting there and he's saying, I have a plan for you. I've put a mission in your heart. I have a plan. And that plan was partly the wilderness that you got stuck in. That plan was partly the desert that you dried out in. That plan is partly the, the storm that came in. Can you imagine if, part, if the pandemic that we've been walking through and continue to walk through is partly God's plan to wake us up into a brand new way He wants us to relate to Him? Could it possibly be that we see in the, in the Old Testament pandemics and plagues and things came in to the people of the, uh, of the entire earth simply for God to receive His glory? We were talking in our hub uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago about how God says, I am bringing you back. I'm bringing you back into my fold, not for you, but for my glory. Could it possibly be God is calling to have his glory raised up in this season by bringing us through a difficult way? Could it be that he allows things to happen or he causes things to happen and chaos and things simply so that he can show his glory? The disciples were asking Jesus one time about the blind man. And he says to the blind, the blind man, he says to, they say to him, who, who, well, whose fault was it that he was born blind? Was it his parents' sin? Was it his sin? Is there something that he did wrong to have this curse of blindness on him? Was it something that was it a generational thing going on from his parents or his grandparents or his great-grandparents on down the line? Was there anything like that? And Jesus goes, no, it wasn't at all. It was simply so that I could be, or my Father in heaven could be glorified. And he goes and he, 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 he heals the man and God gets the glory. Could it possibly be that your life Instead of it looking like that it's all about me, it's all about my comfort, it's all about what I want, could it possibly be that you're going through the chaos, you're in the wilderness, you're in there, and he's just begging you to call out and say, are you aware of the road that's sitting right next to you? Could, you make, could it possibly be that the person sitting right next to you is the road you're looking for in the wilderness? Could it possibly be the one on the other side or that phone call or that relationship that is trying, that somebody's reaching out to you so desperately is quite possibly the wellspring in your desert? Could it be that the one that is, that, that's walking with you in marriage and they're so praying and calling out to you, could it be that they are the ones that are calming the storm around you? You see, it's simply this. He's put a plan in your life and you have to let him establish the steps. The Bible says there in Proverbs 16, not only do, does he, do, do you make plans in your heart. Oh, I can tell you, I've got plans. Vicky will sit there sometimes and I'll get up so early in the morning. When I talk early, I'm up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning and I'm typing away or I'm praying and I'm seeking God and, and I'm just having a good time with Jesus. 
And I get these thoughts, I get these plans in my life, and I want to do this, I'm going to do that. And I get them all written down, and Vicki gets up, and she's up around uh, 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning. She comes in, I mean, I've got two or three hours on her, and she comes in, and, and, I'll, and I'll get her a cup of coffee, because I've made the coffee, I'll get her a cup of coffee, and I'll set her down, I'm like, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? And I'm just ready to just pontificate everything else that I've just heard, I mean, just blah. And sometimes she looks like, just give me 30 minutes. Just give me, or there's times I get so excited I forget, her, I forget to get her the cup of coffee and she'll look at me and she'll say, Jay, if you want me to hear, you need to get me that cup of coffee first. I'm like, baby, let's do this. And so can I just tell you, God puts those things in your heart. He puts those always missions in your heart. He puts those things you were doing, but he establishes it. The Bible says there are man plans in his heart, but God establishes his steps. How does that happen? What do we do with that? Well, what I mean is that sometimes God's establishing your steps means he's stepping you into the wilderness. The Bible said of Jesus that the spirit led him into the wilderness and he had an encounter with the enemy. He had an encounter to show that he was. He, the Spirit of God led Abraham to the, uh, to, with Isaac to the sacrifice, the sacrifice altar. And God, at the end of that moment in time where God, where Abraham was ready to put, take the dagger down into his boy's heart, the, the, uh, the angel of the Lord, the captain of the host, held his hand and he says, now I know I can trust you. Sometimes he's establishing the steps. God needs to know he can trust you with the incredible blessing he's getting ready to put you in. But sometimes it has to be those testings. In every single time, whether it's Moses, Abram, to turn to Abraham, whether it's, whether it's Peter or it's, it's Saul into Paul or Simon into Peter, there was always testing times. There was always the establishing times. You see that word establish, he says a man, a man plans in his heart. We plan. We take the things that God gives us. We plan out and, and want to establish, or we want to plan more and more things. And we're planning we're going to do this next year and we're going to do that next year. We plan that we're going to start something new or we're, we plan that we're going to have a baby. We plan that we're going to get married. We plan that we're going to have financial security. We plan we're going to be wealthy. We plan we're going to buy a home. We plan a vacation. We plan all of these things. But in the New Testament, the Bible says, don't say in a year from now we're going to go here, or don't say in a year from now we're going to go here, but say if the Lord wills. You know what that means? That doesn't mean not to plan. Because the Bible is very clear. God will put the plans in our hearts, but He wants us to endeavor to do it. He wants us to put it into action. When Peter and John were in the, were in the, in the jail, the Bible says there that the next day that Peter was going to be executed, in the middle of the night, an angel comes into his cell. And the Bible says there that the angel kicks him to wake him up. Now, can I tell you that I really believe that very simply, God could have just made Peter transform from the cell to the house. Right from the cell and the prison, <clears throat> right in, right in to where the church was meeting. That's not the way he did it. He went into the cell and he expected Peter to get up. He expected, and, and what he, could, he couldn't take the shackles off. He didn't have the strength to do that. So the angel touches him and the shackles fall off. And, but Peter had to get dressed. 
Peter had to do it himself. And can I tell you that in all the chaos that we may walk through, when you accept it and not let fear come in, then start making a plan. There are things that you can do. There are things that you can put, put in place. And then God's going to drop the shackles. God's going to unlock the doors. God's going to guide you out. But he wants you to step up and do some things as well. You see, there's a plan that you can have in your heart. But he's going to establish it. He's going to prepare it. He's going to build the house. The builder builds in vain unless, the build, unless God builds the house. The, the kingdom is established, but he establishes the kingdom. Many years ago, we had, a, we had a boys program in our church and there was a motto that we would always say. And the motto for the boys program was ready, ready for anything, ready to work, play, serve, obey, live, worship, live, etc. And we always loved that, etc. I'm not even sure we knew what etc. meant when we were young, but we would always say it. But the whole motto in our, in our life, and as, as, as a young little boy, I was always raised to always be ready. Every morning you wake up, you see, the Bible says this. The Bible says that we are to be instant in season and instant out. In other words, when it's popular and when it's not popular, when you're ready and when you're not ready. But if you're ready for anything, if you're ready to work, if you're ready to serve, if you're ready to worship, if you're ready to live, whatever you are, if you're ready, then God can make sure that those things are established. So we plan in our heart. We plan that in, in a year, I want to do this, if God wills. In a year, I want to be here, if God wills. This week, I've got, my, I've got my agenda set, if God wills. I ask the Lord every single Sunday afternoon into Monday morning, early, 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 before the week gets completely started. Lord, here, here's, here's my calendar. I'm not asking you to bless my calendar. I'm asking you to, I'm asking my calendar to be where you're at. Guide it. There's times where I wake up and I know that I'm supposed to call a person and I put it down on my list. It's not, it, it's, it's that thing that puts in my heart. I know that I have people, I see their faces, I'll see this and that simply because God is establishing my steps. I put a plan in my life to please God. Please God, please God, please God. Always please God. And so then he establishes my steps to please him. My plan is being fulfilled and he's establishing the steps to make that plan fulfilled. Can I just say to you today, as we are walking through this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the future that you don't understand. Don't be afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow or in the next year. Don't be afraid of what's happening right now to you. Simply continue the plan that God has for you and let him establish the steps through the valley of the shadow of death. Let him establish the steps through the chaos of of the wilderness let him establish the steps as the river begins to uh, appear in your in your desert let him establish the steps of calmness when it comes to the storm he says there peace be still it's him who establishes the calm in the middle of the storm and you just you just begin to walk in that calmness you walk in that establishing of what he's done you see god will establish your life and you just go in and administrate it. That's all there is, that's all it is today. So I wanna just encourage you today, but the only way to do that is if we become a child of the Most High God. And I wanna encourage you today as we, as we walk through there, you might be sitting back here and you might say, Jay, I don't have that. It's really simple, all you gotta do is call out on the name of Jesus and you will become a child of the Most High God. He will, he's already made you that, now you just have to act on it. Now you just have to let him establish it in your life. 
And I invite you to pray this prayer with me today. Say, and, and, and if you're there, just put in the chat box. Just put it in there. Establish, 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 establish. And that'll be a, that'll just be a, a sign that, hey, listen, I'm, I'm establishing my life in Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm committing my life to him. And I want to walk as a child of God. So pray this with me, would you? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you. For I believe, I declare, I confess, and I proclaim that you are the Son of God, that God raised you from the dead. And today, I ask for you to establish my steps. My plans are in the heart, and they're from you, but you establish them. And if I walk through the valley, if I walk through the flood, if I walk through the desert, I will still walk because you establish my steps. And I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that God just commit, came into your life. He called upon you. He's called upon you, and you become a child of the Most High God. And we want to walk with you in that and pray with you and believe with you, link arms with you across this whole nation. But if you would, just, just stretch your hand before, before me, and I'll, or just stretch your hand toward me, and I want to just bless you as we go forward in this. Today, I bless you in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and that your children would be blessed to the thousandth generation. I bless you now in your finances that you would have more than enough to pay your bills, pay them on time, and that you would be generous in all of your finances as you follow him in biblical stewardship. I bless you now in your friendships that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, and that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now. Now go in Jesus' name and be a blessing. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. We ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.